Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today is Daniel McAdams, our co-host. Daniel, good to see you today. Good morning, Dr. Paul. How are you? Good. Are we going to do good things today? I hope so. We're going to try. Yeah. <laughs> Every once in a while, we get a good one. Yeah, yeah. Then I see. I think we can stay in business, which is uh, not one of these paying businesses, <laughs> but for uh, the business of our special interest, uh, it looks like we'll never run out of ammunition yeah, <laughs> and things sure. that we need to talk about. That's for sure. Uh, not that it hasn't been around for a long time, and sometimes the conditions of chaos and wicked governments uh, have lasted forever and ever, but sometimes it gets worse than ever. And I would say there's a real challenge out there right now of what's going on, and the challenge to our republic, which has become very much weakened. And uh, the, one, the one goal of the enemy, which I put in the category of the cultural Marxists, mm -hmm. they, they, they do want to destroy what we have, and they want to usher in uh, their salvation through uh, the dictatorship that they believe. I think, I think they believe it's good for them. They claim it's going to be bad, good for the people. Yeah. But, you know, logic tells you they should know better. They, the people usually uh, suffer, suffer the most. And I think their goal is to create the chaos. So uh, one of the figureheads for our republic and for America and generally admired, called the father of our constitution and all these things, of course, as was our first president, George yeah. Washington. He was, uh, he was not as libertarian as we would have liked, yeah. but he took on and led the charges against a very authoritarian government. And, uh, and that, that, for that, he was recognized. He turned on becoming a king, and he understood that and retired after four terms and set a good precedent yeah. Yeah, until, until later on, until this uh, past century. But uh, he, uh, he now is the target. Yeah. You know, there's uh, you have to target this whole notion. Trump has been pretty good at mentioning this. We don't have a country if you don't have borders. Yeah. You know, if anybody can walk in and steal everybody's property and get rewarded for it, if you try to stop them, you get arrested. Yeah. That's what's going on in this country. So, uh, but but the other thing is uh, to show that we don't don't have a country is is destroy history. You got to yeah. attack history. The uh, the, the um, Marxists and Soviets they were all very much aware of that you know that uh, you had to destroy history but uh, I don't know how many times people would say it's successful maybe temporary success and they convert some people but sometimes that rallies the remnant and yeah. uh, that, that might be what's going on now because uh, even though the attack on our uh, heroes of the past uh, has been very very persistent uh, it hasn't been you know attacks on George Washington. It has been noted that, you know, it'll probably come to that. Maybe this is a bad sign that they're feeling their oats right now. So uh, I'm not totally surprised. It's disappointing that, uh, that they feel this threatened and they're this desirous of having the dictatorship uh, that they uh, foresee. So they uh, now New York City leading the charge for yeah. liberty uh, yeah. once again. Once again, uh, 
they think that the best thing they could do for their cause is to tear down the monuments. And, you know, there were some monuments torn down in our history that uh, I don't think many of us complained about, the uh, Lenin and Stalin. Yeah. Uh, uh, we weren't defending that. But it's a little bit different. I think George Washington was a little bit better than uh, Lenin and, and Stalin. Yeah. But right, right now, though, uh, the la one of the last sacred symbols of our republic is George Washington. So to be ashamed if that happens, I hope people say there's a limit, don't do it, we're going to have a large demonstration, uh, you know, arguing the case that you should not do it and that you should be more looking for the champions of liberty and uh, trying to pick up where the founders left off, pick up on this whole notion of a true republic and the protection of personal liberty. Well, you know, I put in the description the famous phrase that's, that's uh, attributed to George Santayana, which is those who did not learn from history are doomed to repeat <laughs> yeah. it. And with that in mind, I would make the case to leave the Lenin and, and Stalin statues up to remind people, this is what happens. You know, these are the people who did this, who took away your freedoms. Don't forget them. And I think, you know, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Well, let's put up this first clip. This is what we're talking <coughs> about. This is Fox News reporting on this. New York City, which has no other problems, Dr. Paul. Everything's fine. Their <laughs> Hello, budget's great. I I look for no me. immigration problems. <laughs> Everything's going fine. So they're trying to sit or figure out, figure out what to do. What are we going to do? Well, here's what they come up with. New York City to consider removing statues of George Washington and create a reparations task force amid budget cuts. So they have no money, but they're talking about reparations and ripping down some statues. Put on the next one. Here's what they're talking about. Here's the rationale for it. The items included in the New York City's Council agenda for Tuesday, uh, the Council's Cultural Affairs Committee will hold a public hearing on a measure to remove works of art on city property that, quote, depict a person who owned enslaved persons or directly benefited economically from slavery. Now, I don't think there's literally a single person in the United States who would say, hey, that slavery was pretty good. We should try it again. Yeah. Literally no one. But the idea that you rip down the statues. You know, they started with uh, Confederate statues. No one said anything because they don't want to be accused of. But it's the idea, like you started out saying, destroying your own history is kind of like a cultural and historic suicide. Yeah, it's, uh, it's insane. It's in insane. Anyway, political insanity. Uh, you know, this, this other reparation things is very annoying, and that's, uh, you know, still a popular idea in California where, where there were never, <laughs> they didn't have slaves out there, but they still have to have uh, people currently enslaved to uh, pay for this imaginary uh, uh, theme that they have, the reparation. So they're talking about reparation. Well, what they're saying is we need to tear down Washington's statue because he associated himself with slavery. Uh, so that's, uh, uh, so Washington was guilty, you know, according to them. And uh, they, they need to compensate, you know, those people who supported Washington. Well, who are you going to round up? I mean, yeah. eventually Washington did speak out against it and things were shifting. It was a different time. They've just shifted the, uh, uh, the slavery bit because there's enslavements all the time. Our country is built on slaves and people don't realize it, but it's the, the, the real slaves are the people who think they're getting the best deal out of Washington. Yeah, and that's, okay. the, that's the poor and the middle class. And, and that's so often caused by government actions, wars overseas, printing money, and, uh, and all 
all these problems that we have today. So they, uh, they, don't, they don't see that, but they want to further enslave the local people for this mysterious connection between George Washington and his tremendous support for slavery, yeah. uh, which, uh, you know, I think, uh, it, you, you know, th things were changing. <clears throat> that was the, you know, the introduction, uh, the, the Republic, uh, the American Republic was the introduction to foreseeing, you know, what uh, what the uh, uh, system could bring about if people emphasize personal liberty yeah. over dictatorship. But that that's not the argument on this thing. This is just, you know, a big grandstand stunt, and it will be sad because uh, if if there's no no, no gathering together and say, saying, you know, this doesn't make any sense. I mean, why? The, the, and the New York people, they have all these problems and uh, they, they go broke and they created the problems. So they come crawling and they blame somebody else yeah. and said, well, the federal government needs to go and rob somebody else because we screwed up here, ruined our city. But somebody has to take care yeah. of it. They've done that before, you know. Bail them out. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty ironic. I'm sure you remember back in the late 90s, I think it was, when the Taliban first took over in Afghanistan. Remember, they blew up those Buddhist statues. Yeah. And everyone was outraged. That was actually, again, ironically, that was used to make the case against the Taliban. That's when, during the Clinton administration, they started really gearing up for war against Afghanistan. And that was a cause as Belli. Look, they were destroying their own history, how terrible it is. It's just ironic that we're doing the same thing now with our own history, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah, and we've been on the participating side of our government because, you know, the, the great tragedy of the Mideast wars in Iraq, uh, especially <clears> that we spent so much time trying to stop, that uh, it, it was still annoying to me. Uh, I mean, the deaths were a big, big issue and all our spending money and Americans being lost, but it still bothered me a lot because I sort of been fascinated about history. Yeah. And, and the more I read about it, the more fascinating I become about, about early history. When did, when did decency have its first uh, notice? You know, when did they first talk about that? So it's when they tore up all the old things. I mean, they were various religions, but they were thousands of years old. And yeah. they just came in and, and, and you know whose bombs and money and who started the dumb war? You know, we were over there. Yeah. It was part of our empire building. And we admitted our presence said, we have to remake the Middle East. Yeah. <laughs> they remade it all right, yeah. but not for the better. Loot the museums. Yeah, you're right. Well, let's move on to something more optimistic <laughs> because I'm starting to get a little bit low and I don't like that. Um, let's put on that next one. Here's someone we know and like very much. A good American patriot in my view. Put up that next clip. Senator Rand Paul. Here he is. And he came out with a tweet today that sounds pretty good. He said, today I'm putting congressional leadership and the president on notice that I will oppose any effort to hold the federal government hostage for Ukraine funding. I will not consent to expedited passage of any spending measure that provides any more U.S. aid to Ukraine. And, you know, us coming from the House side, we'd say, well, what are you going to do about that? But as you know, it's a little different in the Senate. Yeah, and, and, and the, the important word here that he used, he didn't say, I'm going to stop it forever. Yeah. yeah expediting it. Yeah, yeah. Because they can move things very quickly. They can do it within hours. You know, after 9 11, they were doing things very, very quickly because there was an emergency. Uh, they, they, they want to ex expedite it. 
but he can stop that and yeah. it might take several days but it gets the attention that it needs why would anybody do this uh you know to stop the legislation and uh, that's one place where uh you know you emphasize you know you de-emphasize the issue of absolute uh majoritarianism and and democracy you have to get a majority vote to do this yeah. of the people and all this and that i think the results that we're seeing in our cities and all the problems we have is is a result of uh, a misconception of what democracy is all about because all you have to do is control 51 percent and you can do anything you want to the minorities yeah it uh, it never seems to dawn on them that if you're if you make the majority uh, s sacred, uh, then there is no no protection for the minority. Uh, the, ma the minority is supposed to be protected by the rule of law, which uh, we've uh, sort of lost a bit of our rule of law and uh, respect for the Constitution. Uh, we, we know that because that's the last the last argument that they want to use uh, want to be seen used on the House floor. Yeah, and you, I mean this is a very important tool, as you say. It won't <laughs> prevent it forever. But you know, this is, we've talked a lot about the action in the House and that there's opposition building in the House. The American people certainly are putting pressure on their members of Congress, especially their House members, against this. But this is kind of like the other shoe to drop in the Senate uh, for Senator Paul to say this because the other side, the neocon side who wants to fund this, they are relying on having the sense of urgency. Don't stop, don't think, just pass the money. We have to do it immediately. So I think Senator Paul pushing the pause button for as long as he can is going to allow people to catch their breath, you know, stop having the fevers and passing out and, you know, just thinking about, is this a smart idea? Who are we funding? Considering how much we've already given, will there be any difference made if we give more? Are we just flushing this money down the toilet? Um, so sometimes a pause and one senator having that power to, to cause a pause is very good. And I've noticed that uh, Senator J.D. Vance is also uh, <laughs> moving up on that issue, like he's take it, picking up that issue as well. So it's a very, very good and important effort on the part of Senator Paul. You know, The Hill had an article on this that we had looked at, and uh, I, I want to read a s sentence or two from that. It, 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 this article says, the impasse in the House is holding up action in the Senate, giving Paul leverage to threaten Ukraine funding, you know, with just what we've been talking about. And then it goes on to say, President Biden has requested $24 billion. We've heard about that. Yeah. In, this, is the, this is the catch because it's well-meaning. <laughs> For security, we like security. Oh, yeah. uh, secure our liberties, <laughs> that we can take care of ourselves, and that we yeah. don't we don't have a meddling government. Security and humanitarianism. Well, the proof is out. The yeah. evidence is there. It's overwhelming. If they would want to look at history, no, you got to get rid of George Washington. You don't want to look at history. But just think of what America has set. The example is set: the freest country in the world, the most prosperous country in the world, and the greatest amount of justice at one time. Yeah. So yes, hip. And then they say no. Humanitarianism is something only the the knowledgeable, the people who get control of the government by hook or by crook they divvy up the loot and they make sure that people are well treated 
Yeah, like the people, when people get homeless and there's trouble and it's not, and it has anything to do with their fault or the government, what they do, humanitarianism meaning that we're going to spend $25,000 per tent and then put up, put up the people that we made homeless yeah. and put them all in tents. Yeah. It was all created by stupid laws and, and you know, really conceding to uh, the, the principle of open borders, which means uh, the invasion is okay. We approve the invasion. And if you resist the invasion, you're the criminal. Yeah. You know, let them come in, let them steal, let them rob, let them burn up the businesses. And uh, if you resist, uh, you might, you might have, uh, be sent to jail for resisting. Yeah. Well, you know, I think there's more evidence mounting for why this is not a great idea. And, and a lot of it's coming from conservative outlets, whether I think is very healthy. Um, you know, the, the argument has always been we have to fund their democracy and their liberty and help them protect themselves. But more and more that's coming out, in fact, I just saw a couple of days ago, another opposition party leader was arrested in Ukraine. So that's how you win an election. I mean, I guess Biden is learning from Zelensky. Just arrest the opposition and then you, you have a good chance at the election. Uh, but here's something from Breitbart, uh, which came out, I think, today. You know, as, as we know, it's a right-wing uh, outfit. Exclusive American citizen journalist sitting in Ukraine prison. State Department confirms as Biden begs for billions more to protect Ukrainian freedom. And here's a little bit more on it if you go to the next one. Uh, his name is Gonzalo Lira. He's an American citizen. Uh, here's what the Breitbart article says. While lawmakers on Capitol Hill in Washington debate sending billions more in military aid to Ukraine, an American citizen journalist, Gonzalo Lira, is languishing in a Ukrainian prison on allegations of spreading Russian propaganda, throwing into question the status of free speech in the supposed democracy the Biden administration argues is worthy of more taxpayer dollars. You know, this is a good example, and you said uh, that we should get a good message out of this, because remember uh, over these last several years how we tried to explain why lockdowns were very bad, especially the people who wrote the laws never followed the laws, followed the rules yeah, anyway. And it was the hypocrisy that really aggravated the average voter, whether they're Republican or Democrat. People, you know, regardless of political parties, seem to universally despise the hypocrites, which means they don't like to be lied to, is yeah. what they're saying. And uh, this is what, the, what, what they're do doing right now. It's, it's pure hypocrisy for us to do this and, and, you know, claim that we're making the world safe for democracy and Ukrainian freedom. At the same time, they no more care about that than the man on the moon. It's yeah. all propaganda. But what about the people in leadership in this country, the people who want to continue this process? That's why I think uh, one good thing that seems to be happening is that uh, we lament and we're cautious about the speed and the connect collection of information on every one of us because the, because the main reason is because the government's involved in that. But this speed and collection of information can be beneficial because some of the things that transpire now can, can transpire in 24 hours where the people read and hear about it. it used to be, you know, if, if you didn't have this technology, it might take a year or two for the people to really look how long it 
took uh, the Russian people to decide that the Soviet communism wasn't a good idea. Yeah. Uh, but but today, uh, hopefully, I'm trying to look on this right as positive, yeah. say <laughs> that the speed of information might wake people up, uh, you know, about what they're really doing when they're attacking the Washington Monument and this yeah. sort of thing. Well, the thing about holding Gonzalo Lira for having the wrong views. Now, I watched a couple of his podcasts. He was not some rabid pro-Putin guy. He was simply putting out interesting information from on the scene in Kharkov about what's happening. And he had a different view. He didn't have Ukrainian flags all over his, but he certainly wasn't a Russian propagandist. I would view him as pretty objective, leaning toward uh, the pro-Russia side. They snatched him out, out of his apartment and threw him in jail. He came out and said he, how much he had been tortured. They snatched him and put him back in. And the State Department doesn't care. Let's put him on the next, uh, next clip. Um, this is from that same Breitbart article. A State Department spokesperson told Breitbart News in a statement Tuesday, we are aware of the detention of Mr. Lira in Ukraine. We take our role in assisting U.S. citizens abroad seriously and are providing all appropriate assistance. We are monitoring the situation but have no further comment at this time. Meaning they're doing nothing, essentially, is what's right. happening. Well, you know, uh, and, people, and the Americans hands off, they wash their hands of this because other people do the dirty work and encouragement, and we send the money to do this. But uh, what, what about the example of Assange? Yeah. Did we, isn't, isn't he a journalist? And look how we've treated him. And, but we didn't march in with a gun and arrest him and put him in a court trial here. He's not even an American citizen. We go around and our empire uh, take, took charge of that. And there is still this effort made to try to get people to say, you know, maybe, maybe he isn't a threat, uh, you know, to, to the world. He's a threat to the th authoritarians, the dictator. Yeah. That's one of whom they are. In that same way. So they, when they do this to a journalist like they're doing to this, uh, this person, that is uh, strictly because they're intimidated and they're frightened of the truth. And that's why they have to silence people like that. But like I say, information spreads quickly. Yeah. And maybe you can take that and say, hey, they're up to no good. And this should feed into the fires of why we shouldn't send one nickel. Yeah. Well, here's something that is a real twist on this. So there's a man that dresses as a woman who is the official spokesperson of the Ukraine military. Apparently, this person is a sergeant in the Ukrainian military. And this person put out a video clip, we're going to watch it in a second, implying very strongly that Gonzalo Lira would be killed. But also, uh, this person, Cirilio, his name is, said, we will hunt you down, everyone else like him. This is a threat. Let's play this, 30, a good, what, 35 seconds of this clip. This, this seems like it's fake. Believe it or not, it's not fake. Russia hates the truth that their obsessive focus on a Ukrainian volunteer is simply allowing the light of the Ukrainian nation's honesty to shine brightly. Next week, the teeth of the Russian devils will gnash ever harder, and their rabid mouths will foam in uncontrollable frenzy as the world will see a favorite Kremlin propagandist pay for their crimes. And this puppet of Putin is only the first. Russia's war criminal propagandists will all be hunted down, and justice will be served as we in Ukraine are led on this mission by okay, faith in God. You know, so here she's <laughs> you know what my first thought is, is this is Ukraine yeah. threatening them. But Ukraine doesn't really exist. Yeah. This is, this, uh, is it, do you think extreme to say, this is an American mouthpiece. Yeah. You know, the people who want to, you know, uh, take the side of NATO and America, uh, you, Ukraine, 
you know, in, in a way, that's an exaggeration, but Ukraine really doesn't exist. Yeah, it you seems know, like it. Yeah. They have an American spokesperson and saying, we're going to hunt you down. We're going to take care of Gonzalo Lira. Don't you worry. We're going to kill him. We're going to hunt down the rest of you as well. And she said it with. Yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, boy, she was angry. I wouldn't go with she. I'd go with he probably on this one, but you're the expert, not me. <laughs> but this got the attention of J.D. Vance, Senator Vance, and he had an exchange with this person, and he is furious. He said, I'd like the Biden administration to explain who this crazy Ukrainian spokesperson is <laughs> and whether they stand by Ukraine's clear attack on free speech. He went on to say they can hire any kind of weirdo they want, but they shouldn't do it with our tax money. He actually sent a letter to Biden with a, with a, a series of questions about this person, whether this person's hired by the U.S., whether it works for U.S. intelligence or what have you. But, you know, the important thing is her emotions yeah. because she was she was in charge of this and she really believed and it. it came from her heart. Yeah. She she was on she she was about as far away from journalism as you Ooh. could possibly get or a sense of fairness. He she was out to get him. Yeah. And, and, and the rest know. of us, really. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know, and Jack Posobiec, the right wing journalist from Human Events, he was put on their kill list yesterday. <laughs> so and, you know, who else is on that kill list is Rand Paul. So it's not funny at all. Yeah, and they've so already well. killed Daria Dugina and another Russian journalist. So these are our wonderful democracy uh, people. But let's do one last thing because it's kind of this, it's in the same kind of vein of what Senator Paul was trying to do, saying, hang on a minute, things are not exactly as they seem. So put on this next one. This is from the New York Times. It came out yesterday. Evidence suggests Ukrainian missile caused market tragedy. You remember just a couple of weeks ago, Dr. Paul, a marketplace was hit by a missile. There were a lot of civilian casualties. Immediately, uh, Zelensky, as you shouldn't be surprised, blamed the Russians. The Russians are shelling civilians, they're killing civilians. Well, now that all the Fuhrer has died down and the Russians have the blame and no one's looking, well, they did a little investigation a few weeks later and said, well, kind of really wasn't the Russians, it was the Ukrainians who bombed them. The truth coming out yeah. or more propaganda? Yeah, yeah, who knows? So, no, I, I thought that um, this can't necessarily hurt our arguments because it, we can use it and said they're admitting it and you shouldn't fall for it, even though they might have had that burst of, uh, of information and, and convinced a lot of people. And it's hard to unconvince them once you convince them of who did what. But uh, it's still... I think the evidence is there that they said, you know, we messed up. We should have. We said the wrong thing. So uh, uh, our point ought to be: be careful what you read. Yeah. And uh, you know, the information is coming up quickly, but the false information can come out quickly too. And that's a that's a contest that's going on. And that is why people are just searching and begging for some uh, for an ability to find people who will just tell them the truth. Yeah. Well, massacres are very convenient for propagandists because they motivate people's emotions and cause them to do things. Do something about this. And we remember back when we were talking about Syria and there was, well, uh, Assad gassed his own people in Ghouta. We got to do something. Of course, Trump thing, whatever, did lob some missiles over there. But we turned out, turns out later it wasn't Assad at all. It was our moderate rebels. And so this calls into a question a lot of things in Ukraine, like remember the Bukha massacre, quote unquote, that had some very suspicious components. But you need to have that kind of uh, event to, you know, congeal people's anger and, and frustration and disgust. And now I'm not claiming that Ukraine hit this marketplace on purpose. They didn't. But it was an errant missile. 
But remember the old saying, don't let a crisis go to waste. Yeah. You know, so they grabbed onto that and, and used it to blame Russia. And if part of their goal is confusion, uh, this adds to that confusion and getting people all mixed up. But uh, that's one, one, one thing that our argument for a non-interventionist foreign policy really is pretty neat. Yeah. We don't get involved in these kind of yeah. discussions. We, we, we might be more interested in invasions yeah. where, where the border means nothing and people, people come in and illegal, uh, illegally use our stuff and, and it become a tax burden. This, this is an invasion. And I, th I keep thinking, you know, for years and years, decades, I can remember all the way back to World War II was, you know, we, we had to worry about it, the, the invasion. I, I remember the uh, uh, air raid warnings that we had to go through when the lights went off during World War II. Always they could be coming, they could be coming. Uh, but it, it turns out they were they're here, yeah. and it's philosophic. It's uh, this cultural Marxist philosophic movement that uh, that people fall for, and then if and they have the they have so much control of this that if if you resist it at all, anything of this crazy, you know, multisexualism, all that, <laughs> you don't go wrong with it. You're, you're the bigot, yeah. and you're the one that doesn't care about civil liberties, and yet uh, civil liberties solves all those kind of problems that you have if Absolutely. you just believed in voluntarism. That's right. So simple, as you always say. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to close out if you're ready. Why don't we go ahead, all of us skip ahead of that last photograph that we have to put up, because I do want to say, Dr. Paul, we had an unbelievable response if we can get that last, there we go. We had an unbelievable response. Yesterday we launched our fundraiser. We don't do it very often, but we gotta keep the lights on here. We don't try not to pester people. And we wanna give them back something for their donations to the Ron Paul Institute, which puts on the Ron Paul Liberty Report. Here you are checking out a draft copy of your book, a proof copy of your book a few weeks ago. Well, we announced yesterday that this book will be a premium, uh, a thank you, uh, you might say, to people who will donate to the Ron Paul Institute, a tax-deductible donation. I was looking in this morning, I couldn't believe how many, and I'm starting to worry about our supplies. So it, we will offer this book uh, for a donation of $50, a soft cover for a donation of $100, a signed by Dr. Paul, not by me, <laughs> signed by Dr. Paul, soft cover, and a forever book, a hardcover book, signed by Dr. Paul for a tax-deductible, to the extent of the law, donation to the Ron Paul Institute. I will put some info in the uh, description on how you can make your donation, get your book just in time for Christmas. I will say, please be patient. We aren't Amazon. We don't have 24-hour delivery service. Uh, we're doing our best uh, to pack these in. So please be patient. Uh, it's going to take a few days to, to uh, fulfill these orders. Very good. Thank you. And once again, I would like to express my deep appreciation for all our viewers because uh, we do this for we do this program and, uh, and put out these efforts for, for several reasons. I do it because I don't know what I'd do if I didn't do it because I've been doing this in one way or another a long time ago and when I was doing it before I was ever even a candidate way back in the, in the 50s and the 60s and early 70s that uh, I did it because of an intense interest and as time went on because I, I started with the idea that uh, 
who cares? <laughs> I'm, I'm an OB doctor. I deliver babies. And uh, this is sort of my hobby, is trying to understand the world. But, but I became fascinated in it. And uh, therefore, my, my activities, it's done for a selfish reason, because I enjoy doing it. So that's a benefit. And also in hopes that it will improve the conditions of the world. And, uh, and that remains to be seen because the world's in a mess. And I, I argue the case that nothing happens to start improving things and, and getting rid of the nonsense. Is, uh, it, can't, it can't happen until we deal with the debt. People say, oh, don't dwell on the debt. You know, we've had that said. Well, I remember that even back when Goldwater made his, his name, uh, by talking about the deficit way back in the 50s. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, the debt is a big deal. It's bigger than ever. It's still growing. Liquidation of debt and malinvestment and the liquidation of all this overregulation, it's, it's a big adjustment. But not if you do the right thing. The right thing is, I've already mentioned it for my favorite, one of my favorite words, and that is, let's quit having a thousands of bureaucrats and uh, an army that uh, defends an empire uh, real busy saying we're going to solve all these problems. No, I think uh, a few things like volunteerism is a good idea. Don't have any associations unless it's both sides of volunteer on it. And uh, sound money is sound money. The most important measuring rod is the, uh, is the unit of account. And uh, up until 1971, we had a definition of it. Now we don't. So there's several, and it's not complicated. I'm convinced, and, and I had evidence of this, we could get young teenagers during the presidential campaign come in or get hold of me and, and be very understanding of what's going on because it isn't complicated. And uh, the goal, of course, is wonderful. It's, it's allow you to have your own life. <laughs> and uh, wars are less and uh, there's much more prosperity. So uh, the, the arguments are there. And therefore, when we have success, uh, you, you know, we're helpful, we're, we're, we're very hopeful and we're very, very you know, we, we benefit tremendous from that. So that, that is the reason I always finish the program with thank you very much for tuning in to the Liberty Report. Please come back soon.